politics after dark. No filter. No politically correct talk. The Battlefield of Ideals. Late Night Wednesday on Liberty Radio Texas and your favorite podcast servers. Now, let the battle begin with your hosts, Jeff, Stephen, and Josh, and their guests this week on Politics After Dark. All right, welcome to Politics After Dark. This week, uh, we have Senator uh, Ted Harvey, right? Yes, sir. Senator Ted Harvey is the chairman of the Committee to Defend the President, PAC. Uh, that's Committee to Defend the President.com for those of you who want to get on the interwebs if your Google machine ain't broken. Stephen, you're back with us this week, right? Yes, I am. Yeah, last week we were uh, interviewing a challenger to Sarah's, to uh, Sarah Davis in District 134. So that's going to be a pretty good fight. There's a lot of political action going on up in your neck of the woods, uh, Steve. Oh, yeah. A lot of good political action. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, So, Josh, uh, go ahead and introduce your guest to us, and and let's get rolling. What are we going to talk about this evening? All right, Senator Ted Harvey, just wanted to have you on to talk about what the Committee to Defend the President has been up to. I know that um, y'all have put together a good guys list of people that have helped Trump in the House. And lately, y'all have uh, put out a FOIA request to request the uh, Clinton email information from the FBI because it seems like they were colluding with the Clinton family. I don't know. What do you What do you say, sir? Well, first off, thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate it. It's, uh, it's always fun to uh, be able to get on new people's shows, so congratulations on your show. For your listeners who haven't been following the, uh, Stop, the, the Committee to Defend the President, we were originally the Stop Hillary PAC. We started the Stop Hillary PAC over four years ago, even before Hillary got into the race for president. We knew that she was the, the Democrat Party's chosen one. They wanted to have the first female president elected. And the, uh, we, we started the, the PAC to make sure that she never stepped foot in the White House again. And we were instrumental in, in pushing the Congress to have the Benghazi committee hearings. We were instrumental in forcing the issue of the emails and the email server and um, we were without a doubt the largest antagonist that the Hillary campaign had and I would argue that our supporters were able to play a pretty instrumental role in in making sure that she did not win and that Donald Trump won and we grew a pretty significant organization over those four years and when we saw what the left was doing literally the day after the election with their quote spontaneous uprisings on college campuses all across the country which was nothing more than Soros funded and Clinton Foundation funded um, efforts and watched how they pushed and helped the Green Party do their recount efforts and just continually after, you know, day after day after day, continued to try to undermine the election process, continued to undermine the Trump administration, and um, 
tried to discredit the, the incoming president, our members rose up and said, we need to do everything we can to push back against the Democrats. So we changed the name of our organization from the Stop Hillary Pact to the Committee to Defend the President. And since then, there's no other organization out there that is doing the work that we are doing. Certainly the RNC isn't doing it. Um, Congress certainly doesn't have the president back, president's back. So we're the only organization out there for anybody who wants to join the fight and, and fight back against these radical leftists and their efforts to undermine the president. So we have grown into the largest uh, pro-Trump pack in the country. And whenever any media outlets want to have the pro-Trump side articulate the, the debate, they are calling us. And so it's pretty cool to see how this little organization that started four years ago has become a, a significant player in uh, pushing back against the radical left. And um, we are doing that uh, not only against the Democrats and the left, but also against the Republicans in Congress. And like you just mentioned, we have been supporting Republicans who have been supporting the president. And we came out with a list of the five best legislators in both the House and in the Senate in Washington, D.C. that is supporting the president. And we've also come out with the Trump traitors of those who are not doing a good job in the House of supporting the president. So we're doing that and um, we're going at, we're helping other candidates across the country to help push the Trump agenda. And we got involved up in North Dakota, I mean, in uh, Montana. We've gotten involved in the Georgia primary um, and we are getting involved in, in a couple other primaries around the country. But another thing that you mentioned was the FOIA issue. If you remember about a month, a month and a half ago, there was a gentleman who did a FOIA a freedom of information request of the FBI to get all of their documentation in the Hillary Clinton scandal. And the FBI came back and said that there is not enough public interest to justify releasing that sensitive information and the, really the reason why they were able to do it was because the gentleman who requested the FOIA really didn't do a good job of, from a legal perspective of crossing all the T's and dotting all the I's and provided an opportunity for the FBI to stonewall him. So we went back and we hired some of the best attorneys in Washington DC to make sure that when we made the request, it would be bulletproof. And I think that the FBI will have to respond to our FOIA request. They will not be able to just to push us aside. Um, the question will be in what kind of a timely manner will they be able to get us that information. And we're, really, we're willing to continue to fight it and to spend whatever it takes to get that information because it, I feel passionately that our legal system should be blind, that every individual should, should be treated uh, fairly under the rule of law, that we should not have the rich and the powerful and the political elites living under one rule of law and the rest of us simple Americans out in America um, being treated under a different circumstance of laws. And so we're going to push this as hard as we can. We're going to hold not only Hillary Clinton, but also the FBI accountable. You know, that some of what you said makes me kind of want to segue into a few things that I feel are educationally necessary for the audience in that 
when you hear things like public interest or bipartisanship, a red flag will automatically go up because those are code words for co those are code words for the government uh, telling you what you need to do, uh, or the government getting its way at the end of the day, uh, rather than the people, the will of the pe the actual public interest as it were, uh, coming, coming to fruition. And something else I, I kind of wanted to let pe people know that uh, you alluded to it, but um, you guys, I think Stop Hillary Pack had over a million donors. Most packs and super packs have a sugar daddy, like a That's George correct. Soros or a Charles Koch or uh, what's, the, what's the casino magnate, you know, any of those guys. Those, they usually have a billionaire sugar daddy. Uh, yeah. You guys, from what I've seen, do not have a billionaire sugar daddy. Y'all are all grassroots. Which is, you know, is different. We, we raise millions and millions of dollars every quarter, and all of our funds are coming in on an average of $35 a contribution. So you can do the math. We're, we're, we have hundreds of thousands of donors contributing to us every quarter on an average of $35 a pop. And the reason why is because we have built an army across this country that uh, take passionately defending our country, defending our borders, and putting America first. And the Trump has tapped into that um, sentiment out there, and, and they want to have an organization that they can um, call their own, and they can take ownership in, and they can defend the president. And, and we are that organization that's out there, and it's truly an honor to be a part of this movement that is taking back our country from the political establishment elites in Washington, D.C. and across the country that are running the Republican Party and the Democrat Party. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know about my co-hosts, but in my opinion, uh, political action committees, political donations are free speech. Uh, so I do believe that with all my heart and that people shouldn't limit those things. Uh, Jeff and, and Steve, I'm just wondering what y'all think about that uh, as to PACs. I think they're a great thing. Well, I think PACs can be okay, especially in this type of a case. I, it certainly seems that uh, it gives the grassroots a little bit more of a foothold and a little bit more of an even playing field as opposed to, you know, some of those massive corporate PACs that you'll see that either try to lobby or get a candidate into office. So. Yeah, I think in the past it's always been big billionaire donors and lobbyists who have controlled the narrative, the political commentary, and pretty much all political messaging. But whenever, you know, people like Senate Conservatives Fund, Club for Growth, and, and the, the Committee to Defend the President, you know, they start up and they basically, you know, use uh, the voices of the grassroots to, to push forward. Uh, a conservative, small government, liberty-leaning agenda uh, instead of the, the traditional lobbyist-driven swamp that we've built over the past, you know, few hundred years, or at least a hundred years in the, in the modern political era. Well, I believe, uh, I believe money, money is uh, free speech, of course. I represent an organization that that's one of our uh, major things, is that uh, money is free speech and should not be regulated what you do with it as far as political action. And that is exactly what the Supreme Court ruled in Citizens United when they said that um, 
individuals can get, contribute money to PACs and companies can contribute money to PACs and that is the, the way that we are able to educate the American people on what the issues are. And one of the, what I believe the reason why the Stop Hillary PAC and the Committee to Defend the President has been so successful is that we have mastered the tools of the modern political era, which is social media. We have completely gone around um, the, the radically um, biased mainstream media that is pumping out a narrative every day, and we are going directly to the voters via email and, and Twitter and Facebook and everything else, and we are telling the American voters what really is going on, not what the media and the establishment in Washington, D.C. want you to think. And I think um, Trump use of Twitter is driving the media crazy like a bunch of cats chasing a laser pin. Um, I think that the, the media, the mainstream media, has lost control and they don't know what to do. They're freaking out. And radio shows like yours and and uh, internet uh, websites and, and things like that, they are uh, destroying what the media has had a monopoly on for, for decades. Sure. Now, I, I, I will say that it was the Citizens United case that I was thinking of. And one of the things that I did disagree with was that they stated that corporations could be viewed as people. I thought that was one of the most asinine statements I had ever heard. Well, what I'll quibble a little, but I'll let Ted. That's fine. Answer, but you know, I, I think you know. What, what did I misunderstand? Made of? What well, are corporations made of, man? It's made of people. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if I if I own a corporation, should I be limited in, in spending my money how I wish? I don't think so. Free speech is free speech, right? I I have a company that is incorporated. Okay. Um, but, that, that, just but because, does that mean that you speak for all the people in your company? Even yes. though they may, even though they might disagree with you on issues. Yes, I'm a sole proprietor of my corporation. Okay. okay. Yeah, but with well, something like now, with now, the board now, of directors, they would have to kind of come <laughs> together and decide. They all have shareholders, and if the shareholders don't like it, the shareholders can throw them out. Yeah, they can vote. Um, the free market out. at work, right there. That the, the, hopefully the the corporation, whatever size the corporation is represents the shareholders and the board of directors and it is representing their best interest i want if i have stock in in ibm i want ibm to be defending themselves against an intrusive over-regulating bureaucracy that uh, unaccountable bureaucracy and i want them to go out and fight for the interests of of my the my shares that i hold in the stock as long as it goes uh, along with what you agree with, sure. Well, if it doesn't, then I should rise up and, and with my other shareholders and throw out the board of directors. Although yeah, or sell your stock and start another company or whatever, you know. Yeah, you'd be more than likely be forced to sell your stock and be asked to leave. No, you can't be forced to sell your stock. Um, and well, they, they But if sure a company as, doesn't... They'd sure as hell find a way to get you off that board. I can guarantee you that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, if I'm, if I'm, if and, I'm and, just and a then, shareholder, and then, and then, and then, your free speech would be violated because you're going against what they want. Well, so they, it's, they it's, would, it's, free, it's it's one of those double-edged swords. It's free speech can swords. only be violated by the government. 
Exactly. Exactly. Can't violate exactly. my free speech. Only the government can violate my free speech. Yep. Uh, um, hmm. See, here's the, the thing, Stephen. The, the, the Bill of Rights is not there to keep corporations or keep individuals from nope. stopping me from speaking. It's there to protect me against a a, a tyrannical government. Okay. Not now let's now now let's take that statement. And look at the amount of people who have been fired from a job, whether conservative or liberal, because the owners of that company didn't like what was being said, either on Facebook, on Twitter, what it's have you. It's a private corporation. Why wouldn't they be able to yeah, do that? Yeah, exactly. Like Why the NFL. Be able to? The NFL wants to tell their players to stand up during the Pledge of Allegiance. They, they, they have every right to say that. But or they to don't. Deal. Well, they're hopefully beginning to understand who their market is. I don't know, though. I but they have that. a right to. to the yeah, point they do. Is they have yeah, a that's right. the whole point. So I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not quibbling with you, Steve, about your, your, your reaction to that statement that corporations are people. But because it was kind of mine, too. I was like, that sounds wrong. That sounds right. weird. But right. then I'm thinking, well, why did they say that? Okay, well, what are corporations but people? And what are people but our decisions that we make with our words and with our, our money that we spend? You know, we vote with our wallet. We vote with our feet, you know. So at the end and of the if, day, I think it all unions, comes out in the wash. And if, and if unions are able to exercise their free speech, why shouldn't a corporation be able to represent their Precisely. free speech? They're both just people. And we know how unions work. <laughs> Yeah, yeah we, we would they, have. They, yeah, take money. They, they watch they, to see how you vote. That's well, we would doing. have. They take. They steal money out of your paycheck without asking. Exactly. Coercion. Just like into government. politics. We would have. Oh, corporations can't do that. We would have. A, we would have. A, the disagreement here, Stephen, would be that from a constitutional view, it is only the government can uh, is restricted from infringing on your free speech, and no one else. So. Uh, that's, I mean, and it's it's not that uh, it's not that your reaction or anyone to that is unusual. That's just the place we're at. People have lost that understanding. Yeah, and, uh, they don't know. Right. They 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 have a knee jerk, an emotional right. reaction, and then they don't think about why they have that reaction or why that that person said that thing about corporations being people. So you know that that's I, I always question everything. I mean, like I told y'all about my commie professor. He's the reason I'm a libertarian-leaning Republican uh, in college. You know, he told me to question authority, and he said it from a communist vantage. But that's what I do now. I question everything that the media, the government, politicians, and, and other people try to put in my face. In this marketing era that we live in, people want you to believe certain things, and they market those things to you. So that's that's where I'm coming from, and I understand – you, you know, you you probably come from more of a corporate corporate culture, right, Steve? Oh yeah. So I'm sure you probably resent you know being told certain things. That's why I've never really. Oh, I sure well. is. Oh, I yeah, sure is. Yeah, I, I do too. I, I really don't like it. <laughs> so that's, that's why I work for myself, man. So I right, like, I was about to say. Know, so you go start your own business. <laughs> exactly. Oh, which believe is the you point. me, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. You know, Jefferson it. Jefferson was right about us. He he wanted us to all be farmers and small businessmen uh, and we all kind of do our own thing and the free market works laissez-faire man but uh, anyway back to the the I don't know if y'all want to jump still stay on this for a minute but you know back to the committee to defend the president um, 
what are y'all doing in the future besides getting involved in races? Uh, when you say getting involved, I assume you're meaning that y'all are putting your money where your mouth is and throwing some max uh, pack contributions towards who well, you deem to yes, be the good guys, right? Well, yes, we're throwing max contributions, but we're also spending a lot of money in those districts where we have Republican congressmen who aren't supporting the president. We're spending over $30,000 in those districts to tell the voters that um, they need to contact their congressmen and get them in line and get them to be supporting the Trump agenda, which I call the common sense conservative agenda that got the Republicans elected in the first place in the majorities and, and got the president elected. They, these guys are in their seats in Congress, and, and Justin Walsh is pr the first person that comes to mind. He's, he has been he is one of the most conservative, libertarian-leaning congressmen in all of Washington, D.C., yet since, he, since this Congress has been in session and this president has been president, Amash has voted with Nancy Pelosi more often than he's voted with Donald Trump. And that, uh -oh. to me, is outrageous, and the American people need to know that, and certainly his constituents in his district need to know that. And honestly, my own congressman, Mike Kaufman, is, is on that list of five as well. And um, it's, it's frustrating for, for me to watch Republicans that um, got elected as conservatives are now um, running away from the president and trying to trash the president when he is trying to push what I believe is one of the most conservative agendas that I have ever seen of any president in my lifetime. So um, when I see my own congressman not getting in line to, to support this this agenda, it's, it's pretty it, it's it's pretty infuriating. So we're spending money there. We are also spending money to promote those congressmen and senators that are supporting the president. But we're also going to be going after um, some Democrat districts where the president won by sixty percent or more. There's six. U.S. Senate seats that Democrats hold right now that the president won by 60% or more, we are aggressively going after those senators and trying to mark them up a little bit prior to the 2018 elections. Because if we can win four, five, six of those seats, we don't have to worry about the John McCain's of the world. John McCain can go back to Arizona and and you know, never come back to Washington, D.C., because we won't need his vote. Yeah, we have yeah. yeah if we could just retire him to Sun City, that'd be great. If we have um, some conservative legislators in the U.S. Senate and we have the majority up to, you know, 55, 56, we don't need those moderates. And those moderates can go back home and, and retire. So, so does that mean you're going to pump money into the uh, Kelly Ward, Jeff Flake yes. Senate? Yes. Okay. <laughs> now, why aren't you why aren't you running against Mike Kaufman? He's he's been in he's been in office for a long time. I I want to say over twenty years. No. Yeah, I was going to ask you, isn't that going to make it very uncomfortable? You being the troublemaker in his own backyard once you start messaging, spending well, messaging dollars against him. Oh, what, do he he what do you oh, care? He, he hasn't been no, in no, Washington. No. He hasn't been in Washington D.C. for twenty years. And no, the reason I why care. I the I reason why I. The reason why I know is because he and I ran against each other in 2008 when he got elected to Congress. And he got elected as a conservative, um, and he won in a four-way race. 
and uh, got elected as a conservative. And I, I've actually worked with Mike for many, many years. He's a friend, but he is uh, totally now uh, a knuckle dragon liberal. And uh, <laughs> it, it's infuriating to me. But when we had redistricting back at the turn of the decade, um, he got put into the most competitive district in the state. And uh, he has gone from a conservative to doing everything he can to hold that seat, even if it means never voting like a Republican. So is, uh, I want to say Harris County, and I know that's not right. Douglas uh, County. Highlands Ranch. Douglas County, yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I used to live there. Um, <laughs> has, has that changed over the years? Because it used to be very conservative. Or we don't. We don't have one. We don't. We don't have one Democrat in Douglas County, but the when they redistricted, they put all of Douglas County into another congressional district, except for Highlands Ranch. And so mm -hmm. Highlands Ranch is about ninety thousand people, so probably fifty thousand voters, mm -hmm. registered voters. Mm -hmm. Of that, twenty-five percent of them are Republican. So um, they put they 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 put all of the good parts of Douglas County in a different congressional district, other than Mike Kaufman's congressional district. Okay, by design. Okay. By design. By design. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Now, what, now I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna switch gears on everybody. <laughs> oh God. You, you, sorry. <laughs> you guys have a, a Douglas IS. I say ISD. You guys have a Douglas School District race coming up. Yes. From what do. I understand, it's going to be highly contested. Does that are are you guys throwing anything into that? Because we, I know, like the committee to defend the president is not. Okay. Um, our our goal, is, our our mandate, is to reelect the president in 2020. Okay. Uh, but our IEC efforts are doing everything we can to. Um, push the Trump agenda, which mm -hmm. is educate the voters um, on how bad their Congress people are um, in Washington, D.C., on the various issues that the administration is trying to push. And so that, sure. that's why we're getting involved in those other areas and spending IEC money against Jeff Flake and um, mm -hmm. in primaries across the country. But so in um, short, for a school district no. race, no. But. Okay. Um, you know, this is this is a national. Interestingly, this is a national election. This school district race for many reasons that we don't. You're you're we probably bore yeah, your bore your listeners, but the teachers union, the National Federation of Teachers out of Washington D.C. just dumped eight hundred thousand dollars, no seven hundred thousand dollars into this school board race. Mm -hmm. A school yeah. board race. Yeah. Is that That's crazy? That's, that's nuts. That's yeah. That's that's just nutty. So so Ted, why do you think Justin Amash is voting with Hillary? Hillary uh, I'm sorry, Hillary, not Hillary. Nancy <laughs> Pelosi. <laughs> it's like a little Freudian. Freudian. Okay. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, either way, they're batshit crazy. Now, look, I, know I know you're itching to say something, Jeff. <laughs> I, look, I'm 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 biting my tongue over here. So look, I, I know yeah. I know what this show's about. So I'll let it go. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm going to say in no way, shape, or form can you compare Lump Justin Amash in with the likes of John McCain. 
The second problem being when you say this person is not a conservative and that person is. The I didn't say what a conservative. Yeah, I know. Well, I well, said me... he's not voting with the president. Right, and he's not. And 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 that's and that's your PAC's agenda. So I get that. There's no problem with that. But the problem I have is that the definition of conservatism is greatly changing under this president. So, uh, yeah. To me, that's right. It, he, he wants he wants a border. He wants a secure border, and that that's not conservative. Conservative has historically been John McCain and George Bush. So you're right. right. We've changed the we've changed the definition of conservative to actually defending our borders. I have no problems the, with that. The, <laughs> the, the definition of conservative has been we want to allow all um, individuals to come to our country, regardless if they're coming from terrorist countries. And this president has said no. We're going to put a stop to that. So now defending our citizens from terrorists is now conservative, and I'll accept that. Um, and this president. Every president since Richard Nixon has grown the EPA to a point where it is the largest leviathan in federal government and is destroying um, economic prosperity because of overregulation. Every single president has promoted that and grown that, and every Congress has. And this president, under Scott Pruitt, is literally destroying the EPA by its from its roots and ripping it out. And now that is conser called conservative. I'll accept that every day of the week. And I, day of the I week. agree with you. Every president from, for the, for, since Richard Nixon has been pushing global warming and climate change and all of that crap. And the, the Congress has not held President Obama to account on his unconstitutional Paris climate change. But this president has uh, stood up and pulled us out of that accord and um, – this president has, or Obama was able to push through the Iran deal, which is a violation of Congress's role of approving treaties, but the conservatives in Congress didn't hold him accountable, so this president is pulling us out of that. So all of those things are now conservative. So yes, he's redefined what conservative is, and I stand behind it 100%. Okay, so... Now, when he goes, <laughs> okay. Wait, no. Ted, hey, when this, this is this Ted is hey. Joshua this is this is okay. This is this is my discussion right now, Stephen. So give me a second. Okay. So <laughs> I agree with with everything he just said. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. But there's also some things slipping in that aren't really great either. And I would challenge you: if the president hates the EPA so much, why is it still there? That is under his executive control. Um. You know, now the EPA was instituted by Congress. Okay, so who runs so the, office, the executive? There's a separation of powers in the Constitution that gives the president the ability to implement the laws and Congress the ability right. to pass the laws, and so he doesn't have the ability to eliminate the EPA. I would but, say, but but Pruitt is doing everything he can to get it back to the way. And I appreciate it was that. Originally instituted in right. 1976 or whatever it was that. Nixon put it in play. And I appreciate that. Yeah. But I, uh, no, I do. I totally do. And everything you mentioned, I would agree with. I don't disagree with any of that. There was um, one other thing I wanted to talk about about pro-life, too. He's the only president that has been pushing a pro-life agenda as aggressively as he has since Ronald Reagan. Okay. Wait. And redefining what a uh, okay. conservative is in that regard, because President Bush certainly didn't do that. Okay, well now you're definitely stepping on something I know because I am involved Amen. with guys in Texas that want to abolish abortion. We're not even playing with you feds anymore. 
uh, we're just going to take a state right and say we don't want that here. Yeah, um, that, that Liberty County Mafia, that anti-abortion <laughs> mafia, man, they are playing. They're, they are gangster. Al yeah. Capone wouldn't even mess with them. So I would have to say uh, I would welcome the president to take an abolish abortion stance. Uh, <laughs> uh, Sadly, Congress will not defund Planned Parenthood. No, they Probably won't. Probably all of our Congress members as well. No, and so. our very own congressmen are horrible on it. I know that, you know. Exactly. But uh, But no, I agree. I Look, I... I am not saying that I'm just I, – I like Justin Amash. Has he had some bad votes this session? Of course. Of course. I some? totally agree with you. Some? Uh, some. A lot. For the first time I've seen him – I mean he voted for the freaking speaker for one, uh, and he's voted for some approaches that are just not even questionable. They're just terrible. You know, okay, just well, who, excuse me, Josh. Who the hell is he going to vote for for speaker? Who, right. who else was there? Look, I know there's no one else running. I understand your okay, argument. Then. But at the end of the day, if I were in Congress, I mean, I probably would get assassinated. But uh, <laughs> I, I would, I'd vote for Louis Gohmert or Newt Gingrich or freaking, you know, uh, or I'd Mac, run. Mattress Mac. Yeah. Or I would run. Oh, yeah. No, I agree. Right. Yeah, exactly. I would run myself. I don't care if I'm a pariah. I, I just don't care. You just, know, my, my, my constituents would love me. Yeah. DC would freaking well, hate me. So well, I, I fucking run then. Uh, watch it. If you are so sure that they would love you, run. No, no, no. I didn't say they would love me. I didn't say I would even get any votes. Uh, Louis only got like one or two votes when he ran a couple of uh, Congresses ago. Well, my yeah, point is, is that you got to stand for something, fun. you know? All right. So let's get this back on track. This wasn't a radio program to bash Justin Amash. No, he no, no, been, no. He has been a hero right. the entire time he's been there. It looks, he just pissed me off this session. And we'll, we'll, and and there will be plenty of editing, so no, no worries. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I uh, yeah, just uh, yeah, I, I can't, I can't go with that one. I can go with everything you said though. So. Kudos. But, but you said the president's redefined conservative. No, I would argue he has. I said conservatism is being redefined. I didn't say the president did it. Um, it just is. I there's this uh, there's a creeping in of uh, actually I shouldn't even say conservatism anymore because it doesn't even boil down to that anymore. It's authoritarianism versus liberty. That's what we have uh, now. I, look, I, I I have no doubt Trump will win again. Next election, so I mean, I'm not going to stand in the corner. Just your to lips to God's ears. <laughs> I'm not just going to stand in the corner to argue about it. You know, I mean, it is what it is. But I think, you know, I think packs are a good thing. I think what you guys do are a good thing. I think the Stop Hillary Pack was great. We had you on our show, The Liberty Line, uh, yeah. when you were still doing that, and that was great. Uh, I, you know, I don't have any problem with that. So uh, definitely not a Hillary fan. Definitely, you know, <laughs> not into any of that. And I don't see myself ever voting for a Democrat. I never have, and I probably never will. <laughs> but uh, but but don't you have to admit that when Trump became the nominee, and the what you thought Trump would do then, and what Trump has done now to this point is 180 degrees better than what you thought it would be. Sure, I think it's okay. Look, I, well, look, we did an episode on the Liberty Line before he took office, and I, uh, and I, 
I did a lot of comparing him to Reagan uh, and uh, other things. So I'm I'm willing to give the guy a shot. I'm not gonna badmouth him. Um, but was he my guy? No, but uh, Hillary was definitely not my guy. So. <laughs> Although she kind of looks like a guy. Yes, so she, she does, and she wears pants a lot, yeah, so you know. Yeah, yeah, with all those <laughs> pants suits, it's kind of hard to discern one from the other, right? I have so much so, to edit out of this episode now. Anyway. So, Ted, do you, do you think congressional Republicans are basically going to be successful in blocking the Trump agenda leading up to the primaries? I think a congressional agenda, uh, Republican will be able to stop the Trump agenda from moving forward. And Speaker I think, Ryan or Mitch I, I, McConnell? <laughs> I, think, I think John McCain is hell-bent on oh, making okay. sure that the, the President Trump has no successes as long as McCain is still holding his seat. Uh, he might die by uh, I have a lot of friends on Capitol Hill who have said just that that he has told his staff just that, that he just wants to be the turd in the punch bowl, and he just does not want to allow Trump to get anything done uh, on his legislative agenda, just out of spite, basically, because he's jealous that he didn't get nominated uh, or that he didn't get elected to be president. That he lost. Well, let's, let, let, let's be serious. Well, I, think it, I think it goes deeper than that. I think, the, I think Trump, candidate Trump, was incredibly offensive and inappropriate in the way that he handled McCain and I think McCain is holding that grudge and will never let go and while he still has the ability to have a vote in Washington DC he will use that vote to stop anything from moving forward see that bothers me I don't I think that uh, personal butt hurtness and, and stopping uh, legislation or an agenda because of that is a problem so yeah, I would agree with you there that speaks to the egos that, that drive Washington, D.C. Right. That's that's so many times that's why legislation gets passed or doesn't get passed because of some egomaniacal senator or somebody in the leadership on the House side. You know, I've seen it. It's un, it's amazing. But that's, it's that's usually it's, the reason. it's junior high. It's crazy. It's junior high with campaign funds uh, and, right. and a, a million to four million dollar a year budget of taxpayer dollars for each office. It's, it's craziness. In, in Colorado, we have what's called the Sunshine Act. And every single bill that is introduced, and we're only allowed to introduce five bills a year, each legislator, every single bill that's introduced has to be given at least one hearing in a committee hearing, and the, a vote, a vote in a committee hearing. And the- Wow, um, we need that in Texas. Yeah, every state does, and Congress <laughs> does. And so you can't, you know, do a pocket veto. The, the chairman of the committee can't do a pocket veto. He has to allow for the hearing to be had. And if then if it's voted down, it's voting down. That's fine. But every bill has to be given a hearing. And I believe that's what we need to have in Washington, D.C., because the leadership in Washington, D.C. is able to kill every bill they want to that they don't want to make have their members vote on and never bring it up for a vote. They send it to the Rules Committee, and the Rules Committee kills the bill right there. So, um, Yeah, and if you use congressional privilege, then you get crucified in private. That's right. We, we have to have some significant reforms in Washington, D.C. if we want to clean up what's, you know, the swamp in Washington. So how would you really go about doing that? I mean, just, I, 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 to be quite honest, um, you know, there's, 
been some things that I've seen in Colorado that I know Texas could definitely use. Uh, I really love that uh, no more than five bills per legislator, and every one of them has to be heard at least once. Um, you know, in our house down here, we've got a, uh, a speaker of the house that will kill bills that are not on his agenda as opposed to the people's agenda. Um, so and he'll how, completely how, 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 ignore how, how, parliamentary procedure. And he, and he does do that. So how would you exactly go ahead and try to initiate something like that up in Washington? Well, first and foremost, you have to elect um, enough conservatives, enough conservatives where they're able to elect a conservative speaker of the House and conservative leadership. Once you have that, then you can change the rules. All of this is done through the rules. In Colorado, it's actually in the Constitution because the American people ran a, refer a referendum in Colorado and put it in the Constitution. So it can never be changed. But the at Washington, D.C., you just have to get a conservative um, caucus majority and elect a uh, Speaker of the House and leadership that will vote for, um, that will put up rules that, that can change it all. And then at that point, it'll be really hard for them to take that away because the American people will be watching. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the leadership is already having to pander to, you know, 30 or 40 little troublemakers called the Freedom Caucus. So That's right. just imagine if we had 100 to 150 of those guys, because, you know, basically 150 to 180 of the members of the GOP caucus in the House are going to do whatever the speaker tells them to do uh, for the most part, you know. Uh, basically, it's vote your party, then vote your district. That's kind of their attitude. From or don't get it, or you won't get any campaign or, funds. Exactly, no money for you. You get primaried for disobeying. Because it's, you know, I, Steve. I know you think I'm nuts, but you know, it's a culture of conformity, just like any other federal government bureaucracy. That's what Congress. No, any is. political, any political right. legislator, legislature. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. That's 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 what I'm getting to. Is that this this culture of conformity it don't it doesn't only reek of of the stench in the EPA and commerce and other useless uh, departments of, of our government but it's also in our very halls of Congress uh, it's top down that, that is the nature told. of politics yep I teach a class on that you should have me out to Houston to teach that class yeah the faculty classes are great by the way I know me and Kelly Cook have both taken some our good good pal in Montgomery County, and uh, I don't know if you've taken any, Jeff, but they're definitely phenomenal. They teach you how to no, basically... Because she always no? schedules them. She scheduled her last one on my birthday, and the one before that, uh, the week I was on vacation, so... Uh, but I yeah, will make it You should have come eventually. on your birthday. It would have been worth it. <laughs> so I will make it eventually, yes. Uh, she calls yeah, me every time plug, she does it. Google it. Foundation for Applied Conservative Leadership, mm -hmm. y'all. Check it out. It definitely teaches you to create good conflict to change the narrative that, to create that's actually where i met her that's where i met her who kelly oh, steve you've been yeah awesome <laughs> that's great you, you can attest to how great it is then. and who that's taught good. your class oh gosh it's been so long i don't remember <laughs> it's been about three four years now because i did teach a class down in houston two years no ago. it was um i don't think it was in houston it was uh oh well I think we lost him. Anyway. Uh, oh, there yeah. I am. I'm okay. sorry. I, you, should, I had it on mute. No, you're fine. <laughs> Hello? Uh, yeah. You're, we can you're, hear you now. 
Yeah, I don't I don't remember where I was. Um, maybe it's on west over on the west side of Houston, over in Katy somewhere. I don't I don't remember. Your memory's worse than mine. Well, you know, that's what happens. I'm glad I'm the young guy on the show. <laughs> How do you know you're the young guy? I'm in my 30s. Both of you old timers are at least 45 and up, right? Are you kidding Kiss me? Off. I'm not. <laughs> I hate it when I'm right. I was, ab- so I was about to say I'm not 45, but I think I turned 45 <laughs> this year. <laughs> anyway. Are you older than 45, Jeff? Huh? Are you older than 45? No, I, I think I turned 45. Isn't that sad? I don't even know how old I am anymore. Shit! <laughs> that means I'd be the oldest one on this show. I'm still in my 30s, y'all. Kiss up. <laughs> yeah, I, anyway, I'm, the, I'm I, taking the fifth. Yeah, I turned. Anyway, I turned. Man, I'm, not, I'm not pulling you into this, man. No, <laughs> I turned 44. I'm 44, so I'm not 45, Josh. There you go. Uh, okay. All right. Close, but uh, anyway. Now, now that we've gone totally off topic, let's off go topic, back yeah. to. Uh, <laughs> To the uh, to the pack and what we were discussing, and again, I want to defend the president. Yes, and I want to apologize for my Justin Amash outburst, but you're attacking someone I'm uh, kind of a fan of. So uh, I used to be too. I would too have, bad he doesn't vote right. I would have the same problem, you know, with you going after Rand Paul. <laughs> so he votes right. Mm, yeah, but he doesn't always vote with the president. So think about that. Yes, yeah. he does. No, voted with the president every time. Okay. I don't. That's I, why he's an American hero. <laughs> I, well, we'll agree on that. <laughs> I agree. I second that. <laughs> All right. So I did. I did write him in for president. So I, I. I know Steve sent a tweet out earlier, and I know that is all company included right here. Everybody either wrote somebody in or voted Trump. That uh, as far as concerned. Goes, so. Yes, of course. I didn't vote for a Democrat. Well, well I, I ran Rand's campaign in Colorado, Wyoming, and Montana before he dropped out, if that if that helps you at all. No, no, that's, that's <laughs> good. That helps me. <laughs> oh, I, don't, I don't know if I'd say if it helps yeah. us as much as <laughs> it might say more about you. But I don't know. <laughs> How did he do in Colorado? How did he do in those areas? Or did oh, he, he, dropped, make, he, he dropped out before. He I got was going to say, right. He dropped That's out before I got there. Okay. Anyway, yeah. so, Josh, let's get back on topic. Seriously, I'm going to have to edit all this. Yeah, committee to defend the president.com is the website. Uh, they are at defend underscore Trump on Twitter. They're also committed to defend the uh, president on Facebook. And, uh, and go like us on Facebook because we're trying we're almost to, to a million. get to a million likes on Facebook, and we have a heck of good uh, quality um, information on there that we're pumping out every day. So um, go to our Facebook post and Facebook page and like us and, and follow us and, and get some information from there. But also, we th- this isn't cheap to run these commercials around this country and, and putting pressure on all these congressmen. So you can go to our website at committee to defend the president.com and contribute there. Like I said, our average contribution is about $35 a contribution. And if you can contribute a million, we would gladly take a million. A million right. As well. <laughs> yeah, kind of my mini PSA is, you know, no matter who you are, you contribute $5, $3, $10, $30. 
you know, there needs to be a voice for good candidates. And that's typically where they fall short is they are not able to run a machine campaign, uh, PACs, politicians, committees to elect politicians, uh, you know, and super PACs. You, you need money. That's the lifeblood of any political movement, organization, or campaign. So don't ever think that your contribution won't make a difference. Just like your vote makes a difference, your contribution does make a difference. So whether it's the good guy running against your evil establishment congressman <laughs> or uh, a PAC or super PAC that you agree with, like Committee to Defend the President or Senate Conservatives Fund, that's another one I like to plug. You know, these guys run people against the establishment elite in the swamp who want to keep the status quo. And I definitely advocate for you to, on the local level, the state level, and the federal level, uh, support good people, support good organizations, you know, just like you do with your money whenever you go shop, God willing, I hope you do. Um, so that's, that's my little two cents on that. Anything else you want to wrap up with, uh, Ted? With the committee to defend the president, anything y'all are doing in the future right now that you want to push? Well, well, that's that, that's the big thing. We are we are going after um, establishment Republicans, and we're going after Democrats to make sure that that we have the votes moving forward to push the common sense conservative Trump agenda through Congress to repeal Obamacare, to build a wall, to lower taxes, and and to put America back to work and put America first and. Um, if your listeners want to help us in that effort, they can go to our website, CommitteeToDefendThePresident.com, and uh, contribute there. They can see all the commercials that we are running around the country, and um, they can also follow us on, on Facebook at uh, Committee to Defend the President and um, help us there as well. We are the organization out there that is defending the president when everybody else in the establishment in Washington, D.C. Is, is doing everything they can to stop our agenda. So if you want to be a part of this effort to take back our country and to return it back to our conservative roots, help us out. Okay, one quick last question, Ted. Yes, sir. Who are you running against in uh, here in Texas? Anybody? Who am I running against? No, no. Who is the PAC <laughs> running ads against here in Texas? Nobody, okay. currently. No, we just have one good. The the committee has one good guy in Texas, right? Isn't it uh, the Ratcliffe guy? Uh, you know, I don't have the list in front of me. If you've got I it in front of you, think, that yeah, that's the that's the only guy who's on the, either the good or the bad list is is Ratcliffe, from my recollection. Uh, he's. I up in Northeast Texas next to Louis Gomer. Yeah, he's, he's on, on the good, good list. list. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So as far as, I think, what, PAC contributions and messaging dollars, y'all are going to be spending that there? Uh, well, we, we'll be spending more money going after the bad guys and reminding oh, their right, right. how bad they'll be. But we'll be, we, we, have, we have maxed out to all of their campaigns with a, a maxed out contribution and we'll be spending probably $5,000 per congressional district through social media and, and things like that, telling everybody what great Americans they are. But we'll be spending most of our money beating up the bad guys. As it should be. Yep. As it should be. Well, holding look, I, holding I, dirty, rotten politicians accountable. <laughs> That's what we do. Well, I, I do appreciate you coming on, but despite my Justin Amash outburst, but I, uh, I'll probably <laughs> edit most of that. But, uh, <laughs> um, well, thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate it. It's not been a blast. A problem. Thanks, thanks for coming on. Likewise. <laughs> thanks, Ted. It was good meeting you.
Likewise. God bless you guys. Have a good night. Thank you. You too, too. sir. Have a good one.